0: So tell us a little bit about Cross Culture Ventures and uh, what it is you guys focus on.
1: Yeah, so uh, Cross Culture is a three-year-old venture capital firm um, uh, with uh, culture at the heart of everything we do. So what that means for us is we study uh, consumer behavior through culture, global culture, and particular in particular um, subcultures like uh, Black and, and Latinx communities in the U.S., which tend to be the drivers of, uh, of global culture in general. Um, and we do this to try to figure out where consumers are going to spend their capital in the future and then bet on companies that are building, um, solutions that are, you know, poised to ride those, uh, those trend waves.
0: Was that a, was that Lane a deliberate decision? You know, when you design, like when the company w- was being birthed, did you say, Hey, we want to do this? And if so, why?
1: Yeah. It, um, we, we, it, we, came around to it. It's kind of a roundabout way. Um, before I started cross Culture, I was at Intel Capital and um, I helped orchestrate and, and launch their diversity fund. Uh, so I I'm, you know I want to see more diversity in tech and, and, and venture and all that stuff. Um, but I didn't want to do it in a way where we're labeling um, entrepreneurs and and, C, and CEOs um, as diversity founders, right or putting a, a, uh, some tag on their back that, makes them different than than any other founder so I wanted to dig a little bit deeper and and try to understand well what what makes diversity so important Um, what is it about diversity that you know um, creates hyper growth for 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 companies what is it about diversity that makes uh, teams more high performing than than other teams and it, it came down to 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 culture and so we started to study that more You know, from from culture, you get um, kind of behavioral norms and you get habits
0: and and you get all these activities. So uh, culture is a word that gets thrown around a lot. (laughs) Um, So how does how does Marlon Nichols define the term culture? It's
1: that 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 thing that you can't see, you can't feel, but it just moves you in
0: ways that you don't understand. Beautifully, beautifully stated. Um, Thank you. You can clap. (laughs) Loan. Everybody applaud. (laughs) Um, So you you recently sort of, there's a phrase I love that you've been using is culture as currency, right? And I think when you think about venture capital and startups and so on and so forth, it doesn't readily associate. So I would love for you to kind of like pontificate upon what, uh, what culture as currency means. Yeah. So
1: you know the a lot of the companies that that we invest in and we've we have twenty four companies in our portfolio today um, over the last three years, but um, most of them are market creators as opposed to um, just just following in on what everyone else is doing and so when I think about um, diverse diverse cultures and, and our communities like we spend 30% more of our um, of our income on technology and consumer products. We're early adopters of 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 technology, but no one's building technology for our communities and and the challenges that are within our communities. So when we talk about um, culture as as currency, it's it's kind of a call to look within our communities and find those challenges that um, have yet to be solved and build companies that can solve those and. What will end up happening is you'll build a billion dollar um, or capitalize on a billion dollar opportunity. And, you know, we have examples of that. So, for instance, um, our very first investment out of fund is a company called uh, Maven, uh, which is a mobile distribution platform for uh, hairstylists in in, um, in communities of color. And the, Do you the- use the product? Had you not used the product, okay, <laughs> I probably I probably should use the product, right? <laughs> yeah, they, they started out with with hair extensions and and and, and weaves. Oh, right? perfect. Yeah, yeah, that's why I probably should use it. <laughs> but um, the, the 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 challenge that they were um trying to address is that in in most of these hair salons, they they're almost break even to just a little bit above break even businesses, so they they can't afford to carry inventory risk. Right, because you know you buy more more of a product than you need, you might go out. You might not be able to pay your bills that month, and you could go out of business. So, maybe even figured out a way to to take on that inventory risk for them, and then also allow the hairstylist to um, to get a piece of the cut when that hair is sold, and they do it in a in a really convenient way through mobile. And now you have hairstylists that um, are making you know maybe twenty thousand more per year out of their business because now they can actually sell the products. That's that's a a, a nine billion dollar market. Right. That nobody else thought of before he did.
0: That's crazy. Well, you tie that concept of that sort of uh, something that's a little bit more original. Um, And we talked before about like almost like the copycat syndrome, like we're going to make the Latin version of Uber or we're going to make the black version of Airbnb. Like what's you know, how do you identify the difference between those two opportunities as even as a let's say I'm starting out as a founder and I'm starting to develop ideas. Like where do you look to as an investor and how, how do you advise people on not being a copycat and finding that originality?
1: Like, is it, is it truly different? Right. So, you know, the, the lift for black people is not really different than lift. Right. And, and your Lyft. cousin give me <laughs> a ride to the airport. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's not, it's not very different. Right. So it's like, what well, solve something new that hasn't been, hasn't been tackled yet. Or do it in a, very, in a very different way. So I um I was telling you, I just came back from Nairobi. Uh, we have a portfolio company there. I'm not gonna talk about our portfolio company. I'm gonna talk about another company that I met while I was there. And um I visited while I was there, I visited um this this town called uh Cabrera. Cabrera? Um and, and they tag it as the, the second largest slum in, in the world, right? So just to set up the visual for you, you're talking about, you know, dirt roads with craters in it, um, you know, homes that are stacked stacked really close together that are maybe, you know, four by six and are made out of zinc. Um, basically no running water, maybe a little bit of electricity, um, but you have these, these talented artisans that make jewelry and, and other products. So I met this company called uh, Soko that, basically um, created a a mobile platform that allows these artisans to sell their products to internationally, um, either direct to consumer over the Internet or, um, you know, by bulk order from like an anthropology and stuff like that. And um, what's 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 really interesting about this company and, and that country is that as poor as it is, everyone has a cell phone and they run the entire process through the through the cell phone. And so now you have um, some of these artisans that grew up in like the severest of, um, you know, impoverished situations that are now able to move their families out of the out of those slums, uh, building homes, um, going to sending their children to better schools and and all this stuff. And and that's like, you know, that's looking at something that was within that community that had significant value, um, but wasn't being um, monetized properly or capitalized on. And they found a, um, a unique way to do that. Like, I want to
0: see stuff like that. That's a great example. Um, have you seen anything similar in the U.S.? Right. Uh, you know, I think we can sometimes look at a third a developing country as those folks over there. But it's, it, there's a similar model that can be adapted here. Um, and have you seen that, especially like in a city like L.A.? You know, um, anything come to mind?
1: There's a I mean, there, there's a bunch Um oh. One one easy one. Well, we already talked about Maven, but an- another easy one for us is a company called Wonder School, which is the Airbnb of early childhood care. Right, so you hear Airbnb, um, but it's not a it's not a copycat in the sense that it's not um, where Airbnb allowed people to turn their homes into hotel rooms. They're allowing people to turn their homes into daycare facilities, and what's great about that is it's tackling a real problem in, in diverse communities. in in the sense that, um, there is most of the time, um, there isn't affordable, um, you know, high value education. And so now they're through this platform, they're able to administer a, a consistent curriculum, um, across, uh, across the board, irrespective of, of where you live and make it, um, at a price point
0: that's affordable based on, on where you live. I grew up in Michigan, right? In, in Detroit. Anybody from Detroit? Yeah. No? All right, there you go. Um and there was I used to caddy at a country club, and some of the richest people I've met like did nuts and bolts businesses. They would have, you know, I make fabric for interior cars and you know, billi- billionaire. Um, where I think coastally in LA we celebrate the sensationalized entertainment, you know, like bigger, shiny objects. Um, but that proximity-based, you know, what is the culture that's closest to me how do you advise people to to look at those those things that are close versus the, sh- the shinier objects that everybody else is talking about? I just boil
1: it down to how can you create real value, right? If it, it, it um, I like the big opportunities too, um, but it, so how do you create real value and how do you spend your time working on something that you're uniquely qualified and capable of working on? Um, because that, that, that is a um, is is a is a, a real advantage. Um, I'll give you an example of a company that that did this poorly. Um, y'all probably heard of the the company called Bodega. Did y'all see that in the in the tech blogs and all that stuff? So they, they were creating uh, basically vending machines um, that they were going to use to replace. I grew up in New York, so I don't know if everyone knows what a bodega is, but it's it's like a corner store where. Um, in the community where you get your eggs, your milk, everything, everything you need, it's also kind of a hangout spot. Um, but the, the 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 thing with um, how they approached it is, they were going to use these vending machines to um, eradicate or or get rid of bodegas, which are uh, um, a staple in the community. So had they, you know, talked to people. From the communities mm-hmm. that that they're looking to um, to you know to install these things in, they will learn learned a um, a lot more about the value and the um, you know uh, and and why uh, these these facilities are needed, and they probably would have taken an approach where we'll make bodegas more efficient or we'll help um, we'll help them you know run better. Um,
0: well, in, that, in that case, whatever. How important is an advisor, right? And, and I think there's sometimes where it's like there's that, there's a little bit of cultural insens- insensitivity, and that example is like, oh, you don't want to get rid of this by this, is bit. Where, yeah, <laughs> you know, they're just tone deaf or whatever. But I think through good advice, good counsel, how does the founder seek that out, right? And, but still, and like self checked in that way. There, there
1: is that right. Mm-hmm. But I would implore the people in those communities to 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 be the ones to go in and build it. Like you live it. There's a like you know there's a difference between lived experience and reading about something in a book or talking um, about something with with someone like that's that's a, a clear advantage. If you live this thing every day, you're if, if you're experiencing this this struggle, you are uniquely qualified to um, to to bring a solution to
0: solve it. Well, in my in my book that just came out. <laughs>
1: No, no plugged in. Crushing
0: the box. Ten essential rules for breaking essential rules available only on Amazon. Um, the first chapter actually talks about empathy. It's that exact thing, right? Like going there and being part of whatever community you're trying to affect. Like the idea may be a good one on the surface, vending machine to replace. but Sure. But to go and live in that environment for minute, How much of that happens in your day to day? I mean, you have a portfolio of 26 companies. And when you're trying to make a decision about... Which ones we're going to support or be a part of? You know, how much of that cultural empathy do you go deliberately seek out?
1: So, um, you know, when you're investing at the at the early stage, the book is a
0: number one seller, by the way. Just so, you,
1: know. <laughs> you have you have some here. <laughs> <laughs> Did you bring some? I'm sorry, I'll be happy. It's one in my bag. <laughs>
0: Okay. Continue.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, we invest at the seed stage, right? And um, the thing about investing at the seed stage is that the idea, the um, company that you're investing in at that point, is likely going to change two, maybe three times um, before it realizes um, its, its potential. So what we're really um, betting on is the opportunity and the people that are um, driving this, this opportunity forward. And so we always look for what is that unique thing, um, that thing that's really unique to you that makes you super qualified to, to, to do this thing, right? So I mentioned Maven earlier. Well, Deshawn grew up in a household of, of women hairstylists. He also um, lived in China teaching um, English to the Chinese um, students for a while and learned import-export business. There's no one better qualified to do a logistics company um, you know, cross-border type stuff between China and the U.S. That's focused on hairstylists. So those are the things that that, that we look. Yeah,
0: for. I had a chance to interview Miguel McKelvey, the founder of WeWork, and um, you know, WeWork is massive. Uh, you know, people can argue the business case if you want to or not, but. You know, he grew up in a commune, like he grew up in a house where it was his mom and her two best friends and their kids. And they like they all just sort of shared resources. And of course, that emulates in what we work is. It's like it's a community, not just an office space. So, you know, finding that thing that's in you and that's, you know, uh, part of your own DNA that can be outwardly developed into a business.
1: Yeah, I'll give you another one. So uh, uh, L.A.-based mm-hmm. company, um, Thrive Market that's kind of an online grocer fo- focused on um, you know, high-quality high foods that are organic and good for you, um, was founded by um, a, a gentleman named uh, Gennar Lovelace who grew up on a commune in Ohio, a um, single-parent single, um, household uh, that struggled to put food on the table, struggled to find high-quality food. So this was, this was a, a mission that he was very passionate about and, and, and lived through. Um, and, and you could see that in all the work that
0: they do at, at, at Thrive Market. Uh, before we close, let's just talk a little bit about leadership. You know, um, obviously, you, you got birthed in a lot of really interesting places, including, you know, Intel Capital. Um, but what is your superpower? You know, when, as a leader, when you walk into a room or you're, you know, working with the companies and the individuals that you're working with, what's that one thing that, you know, Marlon brings to the table from a superpower standpoint? Mm, I, it's So many. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking bring me
1: my cape um, <laughs> yeah no I, I think um i think the thing that would probably set me apart from other investors is i i really take pride in um putting myself in other people's shoes so trying to trying to I'm trying to see whatever we're talking about from from your perspective i think empathy is is a really really important um characteristic and, and attribute of a leader.
0: Where do the resources go, right? You know, you identified a lane and when you were at Intel, you said, hey, I want to do this and, and identify these entrepreneurs. Um, you, you know, but in the grand scheme of thing, where does the money flow? And also, how do you overcome that? How do you overcome the the uh, giant hurdle like a, a we work in that, in that example? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's, um, well, first of all, not enough
1: money flows to our to our communities, right, and particularly in, in venture capital, is it two percent of, of um, venture capital decision makers are, you know, are, are are black men, and if you go to black women, it's probably like 02 percent, and um, Latina, uh, the Latinas are even worse, worse off, right, and and so that's reflected in the number of um, in the number of uh, diverse uh, founded companies that are funded. Uh, because it's an it's a natural natural thing um and, and, and you know good people try to fight through it but it's a natural thing to want to work with people that look and come from the same communities and and act in the same ways that that you do um, but when you know um, one group is holding the bag that becomes a that becomes a problem so you know i I can only speak about like what we did right we we found a... we we identified a lane that we were, again, uniquely qualified to, to play in. And we, we started playing in that lane and outperformed everybody um, that, you know, that, that might even come close to our lane. Um, and it, it kind of took care of it, took care of itself.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you, Marlon. Yeah. Give it up for Marlon Nichols, Cross Culture Ventures.